Well, no guests for this episode, but maybe next time, episode 103. Obviously a couple weeks delayed, but we are back at it again. I'm by myself, so I'm going to try my best to entertain you. So, hey Colby, can you count down for me? Sure. Three, two, one. So, how about that airline food? That's a, a little bit of um, humor. Never mind. Today, because I'm by myself, I had to come up with something to do, but I wanted it to be like, kind of like, um, I don't know, not profitable, but like on topic of the podcast while also maybe being a little bit random. Um, okay, so what am I saying? Without further ado, or well more or less today is uh the top 10 worst bible versions so from 10 10 being the least of the worst or the best of the worst of the top 10 and one being the very worst in my opinion this is completely in my opinion obviously like well like you should know because you should be listening to my podcast consistently and if you're not stop right now and go listen to my other episodes but as you might know I am a King James boy, so I use the King James version, and I have pretty much, I have a problem with most of the new versions. So that's why I'm making this, also because some of it though is a little different. Uh, we'll we'll get into that though. So like obviously there's a lot of Bible versions or a lot of like different kind of Bibles I could like really talk about and like hate put that in the list, you know, and hate on such as like you know the Book of Mormon, which isn't actually you know the Bible at all, or like. The Apocrypha, again, not really the Bible at all, but like things like that that I could go at. And like, I have the reason I'm saying this is because the first two I'm going to talk about, um, the first two I'm going to list, number 10 and number 9 on my list, are both um, like kind of different Bibles that are used by different denominations, like pretty much exclusively. So they're kind of different that way, but I put them in there just like kind of like just because. But then 8 through 1 are all like pretty normal like versions that most Protestant christians use and so i have them listen and then also you might think that like one through eight or backwards but just stay with me i'll explain it why i have it um listed the way i am okay so starting at 10 the best of the worst of the top 10 but not really the first two are kind of like so nine and ten are kind of in their own little category but i put them on the i thought they deserved a spot on the list anyway um because really these would be like both tied for one because i completely disagree with them like in so many ways that I, you know like I would never um condone the use of these bibles like personally um for the most part but anyway 9 and 10 aka like tied for um their own category number one in their own category I'm, I'm just gonna say okay number 10 the cpdv um otherwise known as the catholic public domain version so obviously this is a catholic bible um, several more books than a Protestant Bible. Uh, I think some more chapters too. Like I think they might have an extra chapter in Daniel. I'm not sure about that though. Uh, so yeah, just Catholic public domain version, which is just, I'm sure there's other Catholic Bibles. I don't know. This is just the one that I found just kind of, this is a representation of the Catholic Bible for me and, um, put that at number 10, which really, again, that could just be like number one, but I just put it at the end of the list because I just, you know, the 9 and 10, I just kind of threw on there. So I, I hope I'm making that clear. I'm not saying that these other versions I'm going to list are 
um, worse than the Catholic public domain version. I'm just simply saying that that was kind of a last second edition. And so is this next one, which is the NWT, otherwise known as the Heretical Jehovah Witness New World Translation. So the New World Translation is what the Jehovah Witness use. And um, I really am not a fan of the, of the name of this translation because it sounds very much like a normal modern Bible version. Like the next one we're going to talk about actually sounds like kind of similar. But New World Translation, that's the Jehovah Witness Bible. So if you have that Bible, I would recommend putting it up on the shelf for no further purpose or use in your life. So 9 and 10, just get those out of the way. Those are just kind of like, they're, they're more like honorable mentions. 9 and 10 are like honorable mentions in the sense that if they had their own list, they would both be tied for the worst. And yeah. Okay. So, okay. So starting at number eight, this is kind of like the real, the real, the real like a uh, list of modern versions that I, I'm not a fan of. Starting at number eight, the NLT, otherwise known as the New Living Translation. And in my eyes, the New Living Translation is kind of like the OG uh, thought for thought Bible, kind of like the first kind of kind of what led up to like the message bible in my view is kind of what the new living translation was it was kind of the the popularized um thought for thought bible it's very very thought for thought not a lot of um accurate as not very accurate as far as like word for word translating even the you know what i believe are false manuscripts that it's translated from anyway which if i had i'm not sure but if i had to assume probably like uh, the usb or nestle allen text but i'm not sure about that 100 percent. but i would assume um, those are the kind of manuscripts that it was translated from. So number eight, uh, the New Living Translation, not a fan at all. Number seven, um, the AMP, which is just short for the Amplified Bible. Sorry, let, let me try that again. Uh, the Amplified Bible. Uh, that, that was a Ray Comfort type joke right there. So the Amplifi Amplified Bible, I don't really know much about it. I just kind of put it on the list because I saw it and I've heard about it. And I just, I'm just assuming I don't like it. Um, it, it. Again, a modern translation. I read a couple verses in it. It's not much different from other modern translations. I don't know why it's called the Amplified Bible. Like, I don't get the meaning behind that. There probably is something that I don't know. So take that with a grain of salt. I'm not very knowledgeable about the version, but I don't like it. <laughs> Number six. The NASBA is what I like to call it, but the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. Uh, you could also put in the ASV or the ASB, the American Standard Bible. Just this is the new one, you know, new and improved. Which, why are we, you know, what, why are we needing a new, what was the difference between the original American Standard Bible and the new American Standard Bible? Um, well, actually, I, I think I probably know it's probably copyright stuff so that they can keep, keep making money, whoever sells these. But um, the New American Standard Bible is super laid-back translation, in my opinion. I know a lot of people that quote it. I'm pretty sure, not 100% positive, but pretty sure the book I've been reading by Phil Robertson, Jesus Politics, which, I mean, objectively, I actually think it's a really, really good book, and I would recommend you read it. But I, like, I don't even, I skip over the passages that he quotes because they're all, like, translations that I really just am not a fan of. I'm pretty sure he quotes the New American Standard Bible a few times. Um, what I would just recommend if you read the book is that you just, um, glance over the, uh, quote, the scripture quotations and then just, you know, later if you want to look them, look them up in your, or just on the spot while you're reading the book, just look them up on your phone or something in the King James version so you can get the real translation or the real, um, Bible verse. 
but yeah, Jesus Politics, by the way, that's a review I'm going to probably be posting once I finish the book. I'm getting pretty close, just a couple more chapters. But yeah, it's a good book. But anyway, the NASB, not a fan. Um, a little a little too laid back for my taste. And also, again, uh, my assumption would be that it's probably, you know, from the Nestle Allen text, you know, one of those West Scott and Hort uh, modern textual uh, criticism type Bibles. So not a fan. Number five, and I know a lot of people probably would think this would be higher up on the list, but I have a good reason for why the four in front of it are in front of it. But number five is the message bible the message bible which is maybe the most laid-back translation like most okay maybe not the most laid-back translation because i know there's some weird ones out there but like among popular bibles this is pr definitely the most laid-back translation of the bible i mean it's like you're reading a children's book I, I find it almost disrespectful to read um but yeah it is maybe the most thought for thought bible on the market right now uh, i know a lot of people that use it a lot of people who are a fan of it um or a lot of people who I, I'm assuming are a fan of it because I know they've used it in different ways or, you know, sent me cards with a message Bible verse in it. Yeah, I'm not a fan at all. I find this Bible, like, I don't even know if I can consider it a Bible. I mean, it's not even, you're not reading the words of the manuscripts. and You're just reading, you're not even reading Bible. You're just reading phrases that this guy, I forget his name, but there was some guy who came up with the message Bible. He basically just took the whole Bible and just, like, paraphrased kind of or like just kind of put down what he kind of thought it meant which you know like when you hear that thought for thought translation that's kind of what it is he just kind of took his thoughts or what he thought each uh, passage meant and just kind of wrote it in his own words to try and make it more understandable but yeah not a fan of the message bible it's really more like a commentary if anything number four uh hashtag or no not hashtag shout out to J my boy james white uh number four is the lsb the legacy standard bible i know this is derived from the Nestle Allen tech from the Nestle Allen and United Bible Society text so I know I do not agree with the translation uh, or with the manuscripts this Bible is translated from but I know it's very popular among uh, a lot of theologians who are not KJVOs like me um, the LSB Legacy Standard Bible it, it's gonna my, my number one on this list is also kind of in the, in the same category as LSB as far as I think it is trying to be a word-for-word -word translation. I just disagree with the word-for-word um, -word, uh, or for the manuscripts that it's taking word-for-word, -word, which would be like the Nesalon text and the USB manuscripts. So the LSB, I put that at number four. Um, probably in the Message Bible and the Legacy. The reason I put Legacy Standard Bible above the Message Bible as far as worst Bible translations, I put it at number four because it, I feel like it ensnares more people, especially when you have people like James White, you know, advocating so fiercely for the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, I find it that uh, a bit more ensnaring, and th that's a big problem I have with Bibles, because like the Message Bible, it's pretty much like if you're reading it, you're not trying to get a great Bible translation. But with the LSB, you're probably trying to get a Bible translation, really trying hard, and you're just kind of being misled by people who are, um, well, people who honestly have agendas and uh, who, uh, who do not believe a lot of important doctrines in the Bible, such as Dr. James White, who does not believe in the pres preservation of the Word of God. But LS LSB goes at number four. Number three uh the nkjv the new king james version i know what you're thinking colby you you're a king james guy why is the new king james such a problem well because the new king james even though it has that king james version in it the new king james version 
is not anything like the King James Version. It's not uh, derived, it's mostly not derived from the same manuscripts. It is it has the same kind of missing text and verses as like the NIV and other modern translations. It's not, it, the, the name is very, very, um, it's, it's really a red herring, um, if anything. Uh, New King James Version is not a great description of the Bible, of what it is. What I would say is just like a, I don't know, a halfway between the NIV and the King James Version. But yeah, it's um, not a great version. And the reason I have it, again, so another reason or another uh, thing I want to explain is why I have the New King James Version um, as a worse translation as the message and the LSB is because I feel like it is a little ensnaring as far as like people might be really trying to find a great Bible version, a word-for-word -word Bible version. And um, they they think King James, but, you know, the King James, uh, a lot of people think the King James is too hard to understand, which it's really not. Uh, those people, that's a really, really dumb excuse, honestly, to not use the King James Bible is that it's too hard to understand. And I don't think any um, theologian, yeah, I don't think James White would use that as a great argument for not using the King James Bible because that's, that's not the point, okay? If, if, we, if we were... Let me just ask if somebody who would make that argument. Let me just ask you this: If the Bible was only in Greek and we didn't have an English translation, would you do what it took to learn Greek or to learn how to read the Bible? If it was only in Greek, if that's the only way you could read it, that'd be my question. Because how important is the Word of God to you? So, first of all, I don't believe the King James Version is, you know, hard to read. So, I don't completely agree with my own analogy. But my point is, is that even if it is harder to understand for some people, you know, what are you willing to do to get the best um, translation that you can possibly get. What are you willing to do to understand, to read, to comprehend, to grow and learn from the Word of God, which should be our foundation, the foundation for how we live our lives? But yeah, the New King James Version, I put it there because, you know, um, I feel like it's ensnaring. Maybe people are trying to get into really good Bible versions and they, they've been convinced by the King James argument, but they think the King James is a too hard to read. So they think, oh, New King James, that's just an easier version of the King James Version. Nope, not true. The New King James Version does not have my stamp of approval. Okay, we're down to the top two. I'm kind of running out of breath for some reason tonight. I can't, I'm talking too fast or something. Number two on the list, the second worst Bible version, in my opinion, is the NIV, New International Version. I have a lot of problems with this. Uh, I'm just going to list a few, though. First of all, um, it's popularity. It's a very popular Bible, um, maybe the most popular Bible right now. And uh, it, it's not word for word, but it's not entirely thought for thought. It's kind of somewhere in between. And um, it, it, it's derived from, again, uh, not accurate manuscripts. And that's why I'll text the United Bible Society text, those kind of manuscripts. Uh, it's missing, uh, it, or the, those manuscripts are, that it, the, the manuscripts that the NIV is translated from are like a third shorter than the Texas Receptus or the kind of manuscripts that were used for the King James Version. It's missing verses. Um, it's missing lots of passages. It, uh, and, and part of that also is because of the company Zondervan that owns the rights to the NIV, NIV Bible have to change it or have to um, alter the Bible every so once in a while because of copyright reasons. So if they want to get um, money or they want to have exclusive rights to the NIV Bible, they want to keep that if Zondervan wants to keep those rights they have to continue to alter the NIV every so many years which is where you get like the 85 uh, version of the NIV versus like um, I don't know what the other one is 2000 2009 2011 something like that 
Um, so really not much difference between even those two, the 85 and the 2011. They just changed a few things. It has to be like 10% different for them to get a copyright. So uh, NIV, uh, why I have it at number two is because it's a bad translation and because it's a popular translation. So a lot of people are led, a, led in the wrong view of the Bible translations, the wrong view of uh, really without even knowing it, the wrong view of the preservation of God's word by using the new international version. And number one on my list, um, this might be controversial, but I have a few reasons for why I put this number one on my list. And that is the ever so increasingly popular English standard version, the ESV Bible. The reason I have this on this list is because of the people I know of, of the, uh, as far as in, in my view, from what I know, in my uh, living area, from, <laughs> from where I live, the kind of um, things I've seen in the ch Christian churches or in my area, and just, you know, knowing Christians, meeting Christians out and about, uh, and kind of in the area I live, uh, I feel as though most of the conservative Christians, the kind of Christians that I probably most closely like-minded to, uh, are all very, like, pro-ESV. Like, the kind of people who aren't King James people like I am, but probably are conservative in like all the same ways I am, uh, they use the ESV. And so that's, again, I put it at number one because I think it's ensnaring because I think people, like the ESV is considered, I by like, for instance, I had a Bible class, a Bible teacher, who was, uh, for some odd reason, super against me being a King James onlyist. Um, and this, so the, and this is like freshman year too. So I'm like, uh, 14, 15 years old, uh, freshman year. And he takes our Bible class completely off our, our Bible. Pretty sure we were supposed to be doing old Testament history or something like that was the name of the class about the Bible class. But we take like this whole week off to go through, um, this whole bit, this whole lesson where he wants to talk about what translations we should use. And it was, oh my gosh, it was the dumbest thing. It was obviously, I, I really felt personally attacked by it because I was not allowed to share my views pretty much. He wouldn't call on me for when I was trying to answer questions or ask questions. Um, I just felt like he was he was really against my views, obviously, but I felt like he was really trying to quiet my views as well to the class, which I found disrespectful. I also found it um, also kind of in line with uh, the uh, public school thinking in the sense that if he's not willing to teach all perspectives on this issue, then he's obviously not confident that his perspective is true. This is the way I feel about the what they teach in science classes in public school, schools. If they're not going to allow creation science to be taught in schools, that kind of shows a lack of confidence in the theory of evolution. If they're not willing to allow students to learn both evolution and creation science, and then to determine for themselves which one has the best supporting evidence, then they must not be very confident that evolution has more evidence than creation science, which it doesn't, which is why they don't do it. Uh, they try and keep God out of schools, uh, try and keep creation out of schools, and they, they indoctrinate our youth with evolution. Um, part of the reason I'm so against public schools, by the way, that's an episode coming up uh, soon, uh, my thoughts on the public school system. But anyway, I kind of felt the same way in this Bible class. Like he, he wasn't willing for any other opinions to be presented except for his own which I kind of felt like was a, a lack of confidence in his own views on the issue. But anyway, we just he just went through this whole charade of like this and this and this. And at the end of the week after, it kind of seemed like he was, you know, going a bunch of different directions. He just 
at the end of the week, the conclusion was, well, we just, it's best to just use a bunch of different translations and just kind of feel like what you think is the best, which is the worst advice you can give a young Christian, you know, a freshman in high school, um, to just, you know, use whatever translation you feel like or use them all and then just pick out the ones you like the best. I mean, first of all, it's hard to, you can't really say. Anybody who knows anything about Bible translations knows that most all of them say different things. And the King James Version very clearly says different things than most of the modern versions do. So if you say use all of them and pick out the best things, you're picking from different uh, versions that say different things. So really what you're doing, you're just cherry picking what what makes you feel the best. Kind of like, so a very popular verse is, was it Jeremiah 29, 11? which in the NIV says something like, I know the plans that I have for you. But in the King James Version, it's a very different verse. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say the Lord. So the difference between plans and thoughts, people use that verse like for graduation and stuff like, oh, God knows the plans that he has for you and everything's going to be okay and you're just going to prosper, just trust him. Well, the King James Version keeps it in context, which the context is that he's talking about the nation of Israel. And it says that I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts, you know, to prosper. He's talking about Israel, that God would that Israel prosper. But part of that is part of Israel's, Israel's prospering is contingent on their obedience to God. So my point in all of this is that, you know, this class, he was just trying to make a point that doesn't matter what Bible version you use, but one of the things that he was saying, one, one part of this lesson was he was talking about the difference between thought for thought translations and word for word translations. And he put the ESV as the closest word for word translation that we have. He put it above the King James Version on the spectrum. And uh, first of all, I was extremely offended at that. And I also don't see how he can come to that conclusion considering they're not even derived from the same manuscripts. So, I mean, seriously, like, no duh maybe esv is more uh word for word in your view but that's also word for word from a heretical nestle allen usb text or manuscript so why why are we why are we debating word for word when they're not even you know they're not even trying to go word for word in the same manuscript so i mean yeah it it, it was really weird i like was he comparing the king james version word for word as to the nestle allen text or it was does he understand that they weren't used for the same i don't know i don't know what he was doing but I, I felt attacked and it wasn't the only class actually there were several classes where i was teachers legitimately would not allow me to answer questions concerning um the bible uh in history class my history teacher wouldn't let me answer a question uh concerning the king james bible we were going through uh you know that time period in england and king james in 1611 and one of the things that we read in our that was going to be on the test that we read in our textbook was that in 1611 king james issued that you know they um translate the bible into english and that's where the king james version came from that's why it's called the king james version and um he i remember raising my hand in my class and he said anybody but colby and can answer i'm not gonna let you do it because some people and he looked at me he, and he was trying to be funny but it wasn't it was passive aggressive in my opinion but he looked at me and he goes some people get too angry over this subject and i just put my hands up and looked at the class and like my friend looked at me and he just kind of laughed and i was like i let it go I, like i'm not carrying this like you know resentment towards these teachers i'm just saying uh, these are just examples of people don't seem to be very um willing to open up or to allow my view or the king james view to be i don't, I don't know but anyway, yeah, it was so it was fine. I it wasn't a problem or whatever. It was just one question. But um, I also had several classmates tease me about it. I had one that would always show me memes about you know the King James only people be like. Um, but yeah, so it was it was fine though. I'm out of 
private school now. So, well, I'm going to private college, so we'll see what that's like. Um, but yeah, I, I really what I was just, my, my point in that was just that people um, don't like to, I don't know, they don't like the King James Version. I don't know. Christians don't like the King James Version. But the reason I put ESV is number one, so let's get back on topic. The reason I put ESV is number one. Uh, as far as the worst Bible translations, is because of the conservative Christians I know, like as far as the group in this area, um, I feel like a lot of the conservative Christians are drawn to the English Standard Version because they think they're getting the most word-for-word -word translation, um, but they're really not. And, they, and I think it comes a little bit out of ignorance and a little bit, um, well, really a lot out of, out of ignorance of just not understanding the difference in translations, um, but also... Um, just kind of being pulled away by the mainstream uh, Christianity that says that it doesn't matter what translation you use because they're all the same, which is blatantly not true. And I don't think any um, textual um, crit criticism scholar would say that all Bible versions are the same because they're very clearly not. So uh, so that's my top 10 worst Bible versions, really top 8 plus 9 and 10 were a little bit different. Um, but going from 8 down... Uh, number eight, New Living Translation. Number seven, the Amplified Bible. Uh, number six, the New American Standard Bible. Number five, the Message Bible. Number four, uh, shout out to my boy James White, the Legacy Standard Bible. Uh, number three, the New King James Version. Number two, the New International Version. And number one, the ESV English Standard Version. Thank you for listening to me ramble on about Bible versions. Uh, I will try and get a guest on for episode 104. Actually, no, I think I will have a guest on for episode 104. We'll see. Uh, thank you for listening, and as always, until next time.